right, so here we are at the metta sit. For me, it's like, yay, we're at the metta sit. <laughs> um, so, um, to where I was talking last night about the Brahma Viharas, which is Pali for divine abodes of the heart. States, understandings, when the heart is in alignment with them and vibing with them, loving kindness, compassion, sympathetic joy, and equanimity, the heart experiences well-being. And in fact, in Buddhism, metta, loving kindness, friendliness, goodwill, benevolence, is, is taught as the proximate cause of well-being. It's not material acquisitions, you know. It's not mm, how many friends you have, although that's certainly affected by that sometimes. It's just goodwill. Remember that story, if you were here... um, on the second night, I guess, at the nine o'clock sit, Tuari told a story about having a really super grumpy, grouchy retreat and then being in the dining hall and suddenly shifting into friendliness. Well, if you imagine that, it's like, well, what happens to your well-being when you suddenly shift into friendliness? <laughs> increases. And it's more than well-being. It's not only your well-being. It's the well-being of all the beings that you can encounter and interact with and touch. It's super, super powerful. And it doesn't just stop at friendliness, like Tuari was saying. When this energy of goodwill meets pain, suffering, stress, distress, our own or others, it becomes compassion. I heard a so ancient in ancient Sri Lankan culture, one of the ways that the word that we now sati that we now in English translate as mindfulness, one of the ways that that word was translated was non-abandoning. There's a way in which when we're lost in thought, we're abandoning our actual lived experience. And, and with mindfulness, we're, we're not abandoning, we're with. And that's the same with friendliness, when we're just in the dining hall or seeing some cute squirrel or whatever. And then that same, like, friendly, non-abandoning energy shows up for pain. And to me, this is the greatest form of strength that exists, that we're aware of. When you think about our modern-day legends... Gandhi, Desmond Tutu, 
and many others, their driving force was compassion. It's a massive strength. Yes, it's the nurturing. Yes, it is that. It's the comforting. Yes, it is. We don't need to have any shame about that. We need it desperately. And it's more than, than it includes, and those are critical elements of compassion, and it also includes providing, protecting, inspiring, encouraging, supporting, being with, radically loving. Courage, courage of the heart. The Buddha taught there are two wings to awakening, and one of them is wisdom, and we're cultivating that here with our mindfulness practice, with our noticing, with our coming back. And we know that even that takes an immense amount of strength and courage. That's the fact that you're sitting here, immense amount of strength. This is not a Hawaiian vacation. That's one wing. We're not getting to freedom just on that wing. There's a whole other wing to freedom, and that whole other wing is compassion. It's critical that we carry it with us. So we need to practice it because it doesn't come naturally with our causes and conditions very often. I mean, we have it. We use it. We have different degrees of it, and we can always widen and deepen our compassion. The Buddha taught that these Brahma-viharas are boundless. They're never, never too big. We can always keep growing, widening, and deepening our capacities. And what I want to talk about for just a few more minutes and then practice with you in this time that we have right now is a particular aspect of compassion which is self-compassion. And we have gargoyles at the gate of self-compassion, big scary beliefs that keep us from entering. Self-compassion, ooh, self-indulgence. Self-compassion, ooh, self-pity. Self-compassion, oh my God, narcissism. You know, but on close inspection, these scary monsters that stop us from practicing self-care are made of stone. They're not reality. It's our conditioning. One of the fabulous things about mindfulness is that it allows us to question our conditioning. Is this true? I've heard it all my life. Don't be selfish. And we are practicing connection and care for all beings. We are practicing that. And when we do not include ourselves in our circle of care, we can't win. We're burned out. We're doormats. We're exhausted. We have to include this being here. 
So there are various ways to do this, and I'm going to teach one today. This is um, from the world of mindful self-compassion, cultivated from from these Buddhist teachings, but cultivated and clarified by Kristen Neff and Christopher Germer, researchers, teachers, all-around wonderful people. So mindful self-compassion has three components, and really the same components when we're having compassion for others. There's the noticing, ooh, there's suffering here. We can't practice compassion without being aware that there is suffering. There's the tuning in, the being aware, the mindfulness. Something hurts. It could be my mind, my emotions, my body, some relational thing, something at work, you know, all different kind of ways and places dukkha can show up. The name is something hurts. Mindfulness, that's the first the second is common humanity. It's really um, normal for our minds to have some kind of stress and then for the, for the belief to be that we are somehow uniquely alone with this problem. We believe we are isolated and alone with whatever our challenge is. And that believing that we're isolated and alone um, exacerbates the suffering. When we have that larger container of, oh yeah, this being human includes imperfection and challenge and pain and loss of all kinds. This is part of life. Everyone deals with suffering. When we have the capacity to remind ourselves of that, there's a kind of a, okay, this is, what it, this is what it is to be here. Okay, all right. What, what, what do I do now? Rather than, oh, no, you know, poor me, which I'm making fun of it, but it's real and it hurts when we do that. And then the third aspect of self-compassion is to deliberately and consciously bring in self-kindness. The quintessential self-compassion question, which I invite you to ask yourself sometime on this retreat or multiple times, is, what do I need right now? So, mindfulness rather than denial. And by the way, mindfulness is not only the opposite of denial, it's also the opposite of rumination and storytelling. So it's a middle way practice where we're not denying what's present in the moment. And we're also not going into some big story about it. We're just noticing what's here right now. Mindfulness, common humanity, and self-kindness. So for the next few minutes before we go down to dinner, I'm going to show you two things that you can use here at any time. And again, I want to, I want to encourage you if there's a sense of 
cringiness or embarrassment around working this stuff, I want to encourage you to question that and recall the relationship between goodwill and well-being. And just to say one more thing about the gargoyles, uh, if we're afraid of being lazy or bad or self-indulgent or self-pitying, just drop into the present moment. Offer some kindness and then see what happens. Buddha said, see for yourself. Okay, so the first practice is basically somatic loving-kindness. All mammals, that means us humans and all the other mammals, and that's all that's been studied, but I'm guessing some other creatures too, but all mammals respond to two forms of care vocal tone, and soothing touch. So how you speak to others and to yourself matters. That's something to tune into. And soothing touch is a thing that we don't have to wait until somebody comes and gives us a hug. We can offer it in in the moment. And... So if you feel willing, again, if it's pushing an edge, it's okay. If you feel willing, join me in putting a hand to the heart. Feeling the gentle pressure and warmth of your hand. And even if there's some judgment in the mind, your body doesn't know that. The body responds to the physical gesture of warmth and care. And the research on this hand of the heart gesture is that it releases oxytocin, one of the feel-good connective hormones provides a sense of security or more, more than we had prior, soothes distressing emotions, and calms cardiovascular stress. So feeling the touch of your hand on your chest. And for some that... That's enough. Some, sometimes some, some of us like to make little circles with the hands. You can just experiment, see if that feels good or not. It's okay if it doesn't, but just experimenting. I add a hand to the belly. You can try that, see how it feels. Again, just tuning into body. Okay, so 
You can release your hands now for a moment. So there can be any number of reasons why this doesn't feel accessible. And honor that. And knowing that soothing touch can be uh, supportive to our systems in times of distress. You can join me now in experimenting with some other ways to do this. Try putting a hand on your cheek. Or cradling your face in your hands. Just noticing what what this feels like. Gently stroking your arms. Crossing your arms and just kind of a gentle squeeze. This one and a couple of these others are kind of like stealth because you can do this and people just think you're crossing your arms. They might even think you're grumpy. What you're doing is actually helping your body ground. Hand on your abdomen. Cupping one hand in the other on your lap. Another, that's another stealth one. So feel free to continue to experiment, but just know that this is an immediate way to bring care into the system when there's distress of any kind. And so to close, I want to lead us in a practice which is called the self-compassion break. It, right now it's a formal practice I'll lead you in. And in life, this is a thing that could happen real quick. If, if mindfulness is present and you know there's something going on that doesn't feel good, physical, mental, emotional, relational, something that doesn't feel good, this is something you can do really quickly. The three aspects of self-compassion, knowing and naming that, that stress is present. Reminding yourself that this is what part of what it is to be human part of what it is to be a living being. This is normal. Common humanity. And then bringing, deliberately bringing in kindness. Okay, so. Ah, taking a mindful breath. Coming into the present moment again. Just feeling your body. You have a body. It's here with you now. Feel that. If you like closing your eyes. And I'm going to invite us to deliberately bring to mind something difficult. You've had a challenge on the retreat or, you know, you're, you know, there's maybe there's, you're finding somebody here difficult or, or your sits have, there's been some uncomfortable distracted sits or difficulty sleeping or, could be any of a number of things that are challenging. Bring that to mind.
And see if you can actually feel the stress and emotional discomfort in your body. And now say to yourself, this is a moment of suffering. That's mindfulness. Knowing, naming, not in denial, not telling stories, just with. Other options could be, this hurts. or ouch, or this is stress. Moving into the next thing, say to yourself, try practice and see, say to yourself, suffering is a part of life. Common humanity, common humanity. Suffering is a part of life. Other options include other people feel this way. I'm not alone. We all struggle in our lives. Now I invite you to put your hands over your heart or adopt uh, any kind of soothing touch you discovered that felt accessible. Feel the warmth of your hands, the gentle touch of your hands. And say to yourself, may I be kind to myself. You can also ask yourself, what do I need to hear right now to express kindness to myself? Is there a phrase that speaks to you in your particular situation? Such as, may I give myself the compassion that I need? May I learn to accept myself as I am.
May I forgive myself. May I be strong. May I be patient. May I be kind to myself. You can use this practice here on retreat or anytime you might need it. Soothing touch and these three components, mindfulness, common humanity, and kindness to self. We'll just sit together for like three minutes and then I'll ring the bell and we'll go down to dinner. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.